What if I told you that there is a place within the borders of the United States where, theoretically, you could get away with murder scot-free? No matter what you did, a jury of your peers wouldn't convict you because you could never convene a jury. At least according to one legal scholar, such a place does exist, and it is due to a loophole in the U.S. Constitution. Learn more about the zone of death and the theoretical place where you could get away with murder on this episode of Everything Everywhere Daily. Before I begin, let me start by saying that I'm not a lawyer and this argument is very nuanced and theoretical. However, it's also pretty straightforward and easy to understand. This began back in 2005, when a Michigan State law professor by the name of Brian Colt was researching the Sixth Amendment. He made a discovery that became the basis for an article he wrote in the Georgetown Law Review titled The Perfect Crime. Everything I'll be going through in this episode originated with his discovery and his article. So, how can you murder someone and get away with it? It starts with the U.S. Constitution, and in particular, the Sixth Amendment. It's short enough, so let me read the parts of the amendment which are relevant to this episode. Quote, In all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial, and by an impartial jury of the state and district wherein the crime shall have been committed, which district shall have been previously ascertained by law. End quote. The key takeaway here is that everyone who is accused of a crime is entitled to a trial by jury, and the jury must consist of people who live in the state and district where the crime took place. That last part is the important part. The jury must live in the state and federal district where the crime was committed. The next part of the argument has to do with federal judicial districts in the United States. The United States is divided into 94 federal judicial districts. Larger states like California may have multiple districts, and smaller states might just have a single district. Federal judicial districts lie wholly within the boundaries of a single state. Hence, getting a jury of people who live in both the district and state where a crime took place really isn't a problem. However, there is one exception to this rule. The Wyoming Federal District Court. The Wyoming Federal District was established in 1890 when Wyoming became a state. As with every other federal district, it covers the same area as the state of Wyoming. However, it was also specified to cover the entirety of Yellowstone National Park. Yellowstone was established as a national park in 1872, 18 years before Wyoming became a state. And that is where the next part of the puzzle comes in. 96% of Yellowstone National Park is located in the state of Wyoming, which is why the park was placed in the Wyoming Federal District. Of the remaining 4% of the park, 3% of the park is located in Montana, and 1% of the park is located in Idaho. These small bits of Yellowstone in Montana and Idaho are the only parts of the United States which are in a federal district which is not part of the state in which it is located. Also, because Yellowstone is federal land and is covered by an 1894 law, any crimes committed within the park are considered federal crimes, not state crimes. Therefore, the states of Wyoming, Montana, and Idaho have no jurisdiction within the boundaries of the park. Now, let's go back to the Sixth Amendment, which states that you have to have a jury from both the state and district where the crime was committed. So let's say a crime was committed in the part of the park in the state of Montana. 
then the jury, which would have to try the case, would have to live both in the Wyoming Federal District and the state of Montana. In the case of Montana, there is a very small population that lives inside the park and in Montana. The population is estimated to be around 26 people, not many, but enough to form a jury. However, in the small sliver of Yellowstone in Idaho, it's a different story. Literally, no one lives there. It's total wilderness. Population, zero. No buildings, no settlements, no roads. In fact, it's so remote that it also hardly gets any tourists, as the only way to get there is by backcountry hiking. The fact that there are no people who live there is where the problem arises. If a crime were to be committed in the 50 square miles of the Idaho section of Yellowstone National Park, according to the Sixth Amendment to the Constitution, the jury would have to consist of people who live in both the Wyoming Federal District and the state of Idaho. The problem is, no one lives in both of those places. It would literally be impossible to assemble a jury that meets the constitutional requirements. As everyone has the right to a jury trial, it would be impossible to convict someone who committed a crime in this area. Hence the name, the Zone of Death, because you could technically get away with murder. If this sounds ridiculous, it is the logical conclusion from a literal interpretation of the Constitution. As of this recording, there has never been a case filed that has taken place in this area. There was a case of a poacher who illegally shot an animal in the Montana section of the park, and he tried to use the argument in his defense, but the judge simply dismissed the argument out of hand. There was an actual high-profile murder case where the zone of death was suspected of being involved, the murder of 21-year-old Gabby Petito. She was driving across the country with her fiancé when she disappeared just south of Yellowstone National Park near Grand Teton National Park. Her last known location was just a few miles away from the zone of death. Many people speculated that her fiancé may have taken her to the zone of death to murder her because he had heard about the legal loophole. Her body was later found in the Bridger Teton National Forest. Physical evidence showed that she was strangled to death and her fiancé later confessed to the crime and killed himself and it turned out to have nothing to do with the zone of death. That being said, the zone of death has been a useful plot device for fiction writers. In the TV series Yellowstone, there is a place they always go to dump bodies called the train station, which is based on the zone of death. In the TV show, the zone is actually in Wyoming, not in Idaho. In 2016, there was a mockumentary called Population Zero, which is about a murder that takes place there. And there was also a novel called Free Fire, which the plot revolves around murders which take place in the zone of death. Fictional murder mysteries aside, what are the real-world ramifications of this loophole? The first is that crimes like murder and poaching are still illegal in the zone of death. It isn't as if this part of the park is in a state of anarchy. It might be wilderness, but laws still do apply there. In the event that an actual crime were to be committed it's likely that the judge in the case would just find some way around it. They could declare that a jury from Wyoming or Idaho would suffice because there is no population in the zone of death. However, rather than waiting for a court case to deal with the problem, it would actually be rather trivial to solve via legislation. All you have to do is declare that the sections of the park that Idaho and Montana are in are part of the Idaho and Montana Federal District Courts instead of the Wyoming District. And that's it. Because nobody actually lives in the Idaho section, it really wouldn't affect anything. It would just close the loophole, annoy some fiction writers, and remove the temptation for someone to try to commit an actual murder there. As simple of a fix as this would be, 
and the fact that it would cost nothing, and the fact that there's no constituency against it, Congress hasn't taken any action. The author of the original paper, Brian Colt, has tried lobbying Congress to close the loophole, but nothing has happened. Former Wyoming Senator Mike Enzi picked up the case, but he was unable to get anyone in Congress behind it either. The Gabby Petito murder has raised the attention of the loophole to more members of Congress from the region, but they too haven't been able to get other members of Congress to take action. It seems unlikely that Congress will have any incentive to do anything until something actually happens. Or some member of Congress just might sneak it in as an amendment to some 2,000-page omnibus bill. Either way, even if no crime is ever committed and a case never comes to court, the zone of death loophole is another example of unintended consequences. The original idea of putting all of Yellowstone Park under the same jurisdiction really wasn't a bad idea, but it just didn't jibe with the letter of the Constitution. So, until the loophole gets closed, please don't get any bright ideas and try to commit any federal crimes in the wilderness of Idaho. The executive producer of Everything Everywhere Daily is Charles Daniel. The associate producers are Thor Thompson and Peter Bennett. Today's review comes from listener Dan Last over on the Facebook group. He writes, I found this show in mid-2022, and this podcast is so good that I plan to join the Completionist Club in 2023. I listened to the show while running, and when I wrote out my 2023 goals, I plan to run 1,000 kilometers this year. I've calculated that if I listen to the old episodes consistently, I'll reach my goal right as we hit 1,000 episodes. Here's to a new year and our own upcoming millennium. And if Gary reads this review, my friend Kristen owes me a cappuccino. Thanks, Dan. I wish you luck on your goal of running 1,000 kilometers, and I'm happy to be accompanying you on your runs. As for your friend Kristen... I hope they have money on their Starbucks card because they owe you a cappuccino. And Kristen, if you're listening, make it a double cappuccino. Remember, if you leave a review or send a boostagram, you too can have it read right on the show.